Roethlisberger, the quarterback, was all, hug it, chug it, football, all night. Hearts are pounding in Denver. Nobody but Terrell here. Davis, it is a walking, standing up. Denver is in the lead. Denver's going to win it. Oh, baby, they're going to win this thing. Probably the final play of the game. It is caught by oh. Dyson. Can he get in? No, he cannot. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. There's one thing I want to say here tonight. There's only four words. This one's for John. Welcome back to Name Change Pending. This is the final installment of our 2019 NFL season preview. And this is your host, Brian Priest. You can find me on Twitter at bpriest24. That's at B-P-R-E-E-C-E-24. Here with Josh Keel today. Hi, Brian. How's it going? It's great. Uh, you can find me at Rise and Shout, R-Y-S-E-N-S-H-O-U-T, also at the Twitter. I just, it still drives me crazy that you've got all this BYU stuff that you're always talking about, but whatever. It is what it is. Name one BYU thing you've seen in my house today. I mean, as I look, I see the shirt that you're wearing. There's... Both my daughters had shirts on, too. I've seen if yeah. you noticed that. So as I said, this is the final installment of our 2019 NFL season preview, and today we are talking about the NFC North, which conveniently w had two teams involved in the opening game of the season last night, the Packers and Bears. Yeah, I actually like how they did that this year because they're celebrating their 100 years, so they started out with a long old-time rivalry to ch you know get things mm -hmm. going for the season. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it was, it was kind of a, a different different situation normally they have the super bowl champion open up on the thursday night game at home but you're i totally agree i i like seeing that history on the field because when you you think of the nfl two of two of the longest tenured teams are the packers and bears right like the whole nfc north basically has just been around since the beginning of, of football yeah so that was pretty cool and it gives us a chance to talk about the bears who played last night and have a little more uh knowledge of how they're really going to look too, not just be prognosticating you know off of uh what we've read True. Before we jump into the NFC North, I just because it's topical right now, what do you think about Antonio Brown? I think he's a terrible person. I think the happiest people in America right now are the Pittsburgh Steelers organization because <laughs> yeah. they're like, yep, we told you. We told you. Ben Roethlisberger's like, yeah, I called him out on my radio show, but he's not a saint. I, I just can't believe what's going on. Like, I, I knew he was a head case. You knew he was a problem in Pittsburgh. But you would think that at some point he's going to figure it out, or at least, like, does he want to play football? And it sure doesn't seem like it from my perspective. Right. Like, around the age of 31, which is how old he is, you would think he would start figuring things out, you know, stop stop being an idiot. Idiot. Stop being <laughs> an idiot. And so, uh, you know, and just and just figure it out and be a, maybe a professional. You're going to be the highest paid wide receiver. You think you're the best in the league. Act like it. Yeah, I, I I heard something this morning on a podcast, uh, and I I thought it was actually kind of kind of spot on. When he came into the league with Pittsburgh, he was a sixth round pick, and you know just had to fight, scratch and claw, and make his way onto the roster and, and work to become great. And it's been in the last probably two to three years that he started to kind of embrace that AB persona instead of Antonio Brown. Right, and it's that that persona that's really coming out, and you're seeing with these issues. I mean, he's, he's 
been a member of the Oakland Raiders since I don't know, probably March or April, whenever they acquired him via trade. Right. He's yet to be on the field. He's missed it all of training camp because he froze his feet in a cryotherapy chamber. <laughs> I mean, whatever mistakes happen, but it wasn't his first time in a cryotherapy chamber. You know what you're doing. Right. And you're going into a place that's zero temperatures. Put something on your feet. Right. It's simple. Yeah, and I've heard a number of former players talk about. You know, when they go in the cryogenic chamber, you can't have any moisture on there because it'll give you frostbite. And they, they pretty much knew right off the jump from when they saw that, oh, that's frostbite from, you know, having sweat or a little or water on your feet or whatever. If everybody who's in that field knows that's the mistake you're making, it's a common knowledge thing. It's not yeah. like, you know, oh, oh, I got to figure it out type of thing. Yeah, it, it shouldn't be that difficult. And then the, the whole helmet issue, two appeals with the NFL, that getting denied. Several players had to change their helmets this season, Tom Brady being one of them. Everybody else just did it. I mean, they, they may not like it. They may gripe about it. But you you wear what the NFL tells you to wear so that you can get on the field and help your team. And now this whole business yesterday, I'm just kind of recapping this, but the, the business yesterday with him getting into a verbal argument with Raiders general manager Mike Mayock, and the reports are that Brown not only got into this shouting match on the practice field, but threatened to punch the general manager in the <laughs> face, took a football and went Broncos Brandon Marshall and punted it down the field, nice. and then shouted back at the GM, find me for that. <laughs> I, this is a grown man. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, and like... You got to think you're really, really good at your job to talk to your boss that way. <laughs> like any, it, it, there, there are people who are so good at their jobs they can say whatever they want to their boss, like mm -hmm. you know, and and get get away with it. But you got to be real confident. And dude hasn't been coming to meetings. He hasn't been coming to practice. He hasn't been doing his job. So you can't not do your job and be a jerk to your boss. You got to be performing. If he's, you know, if he's at practice every day and we're in the middle of September and he's averaging 100 yards receiving and 12 catches a game and he's got a touchdown every game, then he can punt the ball and tell him to find me for whatever. But you can't, given the circumstances, he, he needs to just shut his mouth. Yeah, it's it's the epitome of the prima donna wide receiver. But, I mean, it's fun. Fun being a Broncos fan. I like seeing it, especially knowing that the Broncos are playing the Raiders week one on Monday night. Right. Happy times for me. Now we'll jump into the NFC North. So, as Josh was saying, we'll start with the Chicago Bears who – Put up a uh, lackluster performance. Probably left something to be desired. Yeah, it, uh, it's it's not good when your in your uh, post game press conference has your coach apologizing to fans in week one for being a terrible team and how all your season ticket holders should be mad at the team for you know for the team being there. But they made a field goal. <laughs> they did. So let, let's talk about their key losses. <laughs> one of them is Cody Parkey, <laughs> which might be addition by subtraction because now they apparently can make field goals. So. Way to go, Chicago. They've shown some improvement in some areas. Hey, special teams is looking good. I don't, I don't know if you were watching the game, but there was a clip after they, the uh, kicker, uh, what's his name, Pinheiro, made yeah. that field goal, and they just showed the special teams coach on the sideline, had his arms crossed, but it was like the kind of the pursed mouth, like, <laughs> yeah, and a, a head nod as if to say, Thank God. <laughs> I had no idea if this was going to work. He's trying to look like, see, I fixed it. I <laughs> We had that problem last year, but I fixed it. He's I deserve to have my job, guys. Nodding his head like, told you so, yeah. but you could tell he didn't feel confident <laughs> at all. Yeah, I've, I'm familiar with that. I've cheered for teams with terrible kickers where you're like, well, we're at the 30, but what are we going to do? Can't punt. Can't make a field goal from here. So I guess we're going fourth and 12. Right? Yep. Uh, they picked up Mike Davis as a running back. 
and David Montgomery is running backs. So, you know, I think that they and they got um, Cohen. To yeah, Tariq to Cohen. Cohen. They, so they they have run, it from last year, which I think is vital for the for the Bears because Mitch Trubisky is terrible. But Cohen doesn't run the ball. Cohen, Cohen didn't get a single carry last night. He oh, caught really? eight passes, though. Oh, He's he's a guy that they, they split out wide a lot more you than know, carrying the ball. You know what sucks for him, too, um, on a non-preview note, just a, like, CBA note, is that they can still list him as a running back if they want to make him, uh, if they want to franchise him, mm-hmm. which means he gets paid way less money than if he was a wide receiver. Less. But he can have zero carries and have... You know, twelve catches a game, and they'll still call him a running back, and they'll still pay him crappy money. Mm-hmm. But if they, but he really is more playing like a slot wide receiver position, based on his usage. But yeah, just just because of the number he wears. Well, you saw. I mean, another player in this game a few years ago had that same type of issue. Jimmy yeah. Graham oh, at yeah. tight end was arguing that. I mean, I'm catching a hundred balls a year. I'm b- being split out wide. I'm not blocking. I'm not right. an inline blocker. But they the uh, Saints at the time, I believe, franchised him as, as a tight, tight end, end yep. which pays significantly less which, than wide receiver position. S- speaking of the number thing, I wonder about Ty Montgomery because he's 88 because he was a slot wide receiver, and then they mm-hmm. moved him into running back. Mm-hmm. I wonder if because he kept his number, he could appeal to be a wide receiver who just happens to spend time in the backfield the same way that Cohen is a running back who gets a lot of time in the slot. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I don't even know where Ty Montgomery is at these days. So. Uh, He's not on the Packers anymore, but I can't remember where he went. So, anyway, they got – do you remember uh, Carderell, I think is how you say it? Corderell. Corderell Patterson. He's that huge wide receiver. He played for the Patriots last year. He's mm-hmm. super fast, return kicks for them. So, the Bears picked him up. Um, he's a wide so receiver that doesn't catch passes. Right, but he's a good special teams guy. Yeah. Uh, and then they got Riley Ridley as well as in another acquisition for this year. I think um, – Oh, uh, they did uh, – I mean, their defense looked all right last night. They, they only allowed 10 points, which might be a product of the Packers not being good, and it might be a product of the Bears' defense. Before the season, I felt like the Bears' defense is going to be, if not the best, one of the best defenses in the in the league. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't, wor- I, I wouldn't have been worried about uh, the Packers scoring a lot of points, but the fact that the Bears only managed three points – is not a good sign because that you know they got they're gonna need more than three points a week to win the games. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so I think that their best case is that you know they. <laughs> it's funny because before the game I put they start making some field goals, which they did, but they're gonna need more than making field goals to to win to win the game. And my <laughs> they need more than one made yeah, field goal yeah. to win. So. Uh, I'm I'm a little off on this because I I thought they might win 12 games this year. They might look good, and their defense might be able to carry the day, and that Trubisky could just be a game manager and get it done. But now I haven't seen them play. I'm questioning myself on that type of uh, prediction for them because I don't don't know if they can get it done based on the way they played last night. So the worst-case scenario I had before the season started was that they found out that Cody Parker's not the worst kicker in the world and that – they would end up having to sign that girl kicker from the women's uh, soccer team, the World Cup soccer team, to replace him just as a publicity stunt because they can't win any games. And then after complete ineptitude for the year, uh, an investment group from Montreal buys the team, moves the team to Quebec, and starts calling them the Ours, which is French for bear. I don't think it's going to get quite to that level. Interesting. I don't think it's going to get quite to that. That's a scenario. You've painted an image. I have. I mean, it could happen. Based on Trubisky's play last night, it's not completely out of the realm of possibilities for them to sell the team and move it to Canada. 
But I feel like that would be worst case scenario. So if I had to sum that worst case scenario up, you're telling me that the Bears signing a girl to be their kicker is the worst thing that could happen in Chicago. No, the movement to oh, Montreal. Oh, I read that wrong. The mo- movement oh. to Montreal is the worst case. The publicity sign is just the sign of the times that they have nothing else to offer their fans. So you're not a misogynist. I'm not a misogynist. I'm, hey, did you predict that a girl could play in the NFL? Because I just predicted a girl could play in the NFL. In the worst case scenario, <laughs> well, that's, I don't think they ideally want to go sign uh, a girl mid-season to try and boost attendance. But you know, they, you're going to do what you got to do, make it make it appealing for that big Canada move. Did you ever see the movie Necessary Roughness? Yeah, I did. Cindy Crawford no, is the kicker. It's Kathy Ireland. Is it Kathy Ireland? It's Kathy Ireland. Oh yeah, but yeah, I have seen it. Great film, Great quality, film. inspirational for this scenario. <laughs> Okay, what's your prediction for the prediction, Bears? Prediction, okay. 0-1 so far. They're 0-1 so far. I think, uh, well, they got the Lions in their division, so they're going to win some games. I still think I still think they'll be able to, to fix it. I think maybe they just had a bad game. They, you know, I, Mitch Trubisky, I don't think Trubisky played in the preseason. Yeah, there was zero in the preseason, so this is almost a preseason game for him, and they might start reconsidering that kind of – a lot of teams this year have used the strategy of just don't play your starters at all in the preseason yeah. and just wait – this might be evidence that you need at least one of that. Usually the third game, they play three quarters and then, you know, move on from there. Maybe that's that's the right strategy to use. And they're finding that out the hard way. Mm-hmm. So I still think they're good. They can they're going to compete with the Packers probably for the well and the Vikings. I mean, any of those three teams could win the division. Yeah. So uh, but I, I like the Bears defense to be able to keep them in a lot of games. And so I think they'll still have a winning record, make the playoffs. OK. Yeah. I, I mean, that's. More or less my prediction as well. I, I, that defense last night, I thought the defense looked really good. They they got some great penetration against that Packers um, offensive line, I, especially on the interior. Hakeem Hicks and uh, another guy, it's, his name is, is escaping me right now. Let me tr- see if I can look it up really quick. Yeah, they got, they got good penetration. They did a good job. I mean, they, they did limit what the uh, – what the Packers could do. They had under 100 rushing yards as a team. You know, Aaron Rodgers d- did Aaron Rodgers things and got him got him over the hump. He's healthy now. We'll talk about him in a minute. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think it's total panic mode for the Bears. It's just kind of, oh, no, what just happened kind of mode. Uh, you know, get back to work. They got nine days to fix things and yeah. get Trubisky on, on point and, and go from there. Yeah, I mean, it's a, t- it's a 10-3 game. Stuff happens. Right. Uh, and you lose games. I, I don't think this is something that is a big indicator of what the Bears are going to be this year. And honestly, I like, like you said, I, I don't like Mitch Trubisky very much. Mitchell, sorry. He goes by Mitchell, not Mitch. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't like him so much less. Right. <laughs> I don't like him a whole lot either, but I think he's better than what he showed last night. Right. So I, I'm still going to peg the Bears as uh, challenging for the NFC North crown. Right. Uh, ten win, double figure wins, uh, as many as twelve wins possibly, if that defense uh, continues to be as dominant as it looked like it could be last night. One thing that I forget often is that uh, the Bears traded up to get Trubisky ahead of Deshaun Watson and um, Patrick Mahomes. Facts. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very very true. Not looking like the best move right now. So normally we would go alphabetically through this, but because they played last night, you want to jump to the Packers? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, Packers were six nine and one last year. What do you have? All right, so <clears throat> they they lost Randall Cobb, and Clay Matthews. It's man, Clay Matthews is like iconic, you know, Green Bay Packer guy. Oh, yeah, but defense. he hasn't been a dominant player the last couple of years. It's been more name than game. Right, absolutely more name than game. But it, it's just weird to see that he moved on. Like, 
it, when I saw that he moved on, I was like, the NFL is cutthroat, bro. To, like to see that hair in a different team's helmet yeah, will be weird. Like for like as a comparison, Dirk Nowitzki has been more named the game for two or three years for the Mavericks. But, <laughs> for five years. But you know, Mark Cuban, I've heard Mark Cuban say he could have played for fifty years and I'd have kept paying him because mm-hmm. he meant so much to the franchise. And the the NFL just does not have that level of care. They're like, sorry, Clay, that's it. Yeah. We move on. You know, I know you think you're good. You're not. So yeah, that's interesting. Um they Got they bolstered their defense through the draft with Rashawn Gary and Darnell Savage, and they got a new tight end, Jace uh, Sternberger. Mm-hmm. Um, the pros they got were Z- Zadarius Smith, Adrian Amos, who had an interception last night in the end zone. Smith, I, I believe, had at least one sack, and uh, he he looked good coming off the edge. I, I was wondering why the the Ravens let him go, Zadarius Smith. I, yeah, I should yep. say, because yep. there was a couple Smiths on that. <laughs> right. The Packers defense. It, it, it's a common last name. Well, and I've heard Dexter Williams is maybe being a sleeper at, coming out of this draft, that he's going to be um, he's going to be the next running back. Uh, they have Aaron Jones and, and, you know, the hero Jamal Williams playing running back for them. So, you know, I don't know if he'll be able to overcome Jamal Williams, but that he might be a sleeper and the other Williams who can do a good job for the Packers. You know, before you get too, too in-depth on this one, Josh, this is just something I noticed last night watching the game. It seemed like the Packers' offense, w- it was very similar to the Patriots' offense last year in, in the way that their their running backs had very defined roles. Yeah, with Jamal Williams in the game, it looked like it was frequently a pass play, and then if... Um, Aaron Jones was lining up in the backfield. That's when you're going to look at the the run plays. They didn't target Aaron Jones a whole lot in the passing game. And they, the Patriots did something similar to that last year with James White catching passes and Sony Michelle running the ball. And the, I, really the only concern, I'm not saying that can't work, but the worry with that is the defenses can key on those things. NFL coaches will see that in yeah. one quarter of film right, and they, say, hey, William Jamal Williams is in the game. Yeah, back get off. Your, it, get your nickel unit out there. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, they're, they're pretty smart about adjusting to things like that, noticing things like that. So uh, it could have just been a one-game quirk. Sometimes there's some matchup they think they can exploit with the running back or whatever. But also I, I think, like, I'll joke around about Jamal Williams a bunch, but Aaron Jones is their feature guy going forward. I think in, yeah, the, in the mind of the definitely. Packers, that's what it is. Jamal comes in to spell Aaron Jones when he gets tired, and then, you know, he's, he's the guy going forward. Yep. So it's – it's going to rely on him. It's, it looked like uh, like I didn't watch the whole game. The highlights I saw, though, it seems like Aaron Rodgers is throwing better, looked better, looked more in form. He was hurt all last year with his uh, bum knee. So it seems like he seems like he's better. Mm-hmm. It, uh, obviously, the way the Packers go is going to depend on how Aaron Rodgers go. And yeah. the relationship between him and Matt LaFleur, I think, is going to be critical. Um, you know, Rodgers seems like he's difficult to uh, coach. At least he has a reputation for that. And so – him getting along with Matt LaFleur, Matt LaFleur letting him do whatever, you know, doing Aaron Rodgers things is going to be a big thing for them to be able to get their best case out. Yeah, well, and I I, I think it's going to go both ways in that that relationship between LaFleur, LaFleur and, and Rodgers. Rodgers is an all-pro quarterback, and he's somebody that Matt LaFleur needs to be able to trust on the field. If Okay, Aaron, if you need to make an adjustment, if you see something with the defense and, and you need to call out of something, and from what I've gathered, what Aaron Rodgers doesn't like is he's getting that freedom to a degree, but it's like here's a, a play package, three or four plays that we're right. going to call in the huddle, and depending on what the defense shows, you check to one of these three or four plays. Right. And I, I just don't think Aaron Rodgers enjoys being – 
a little more restricted than he than he was under the uh, Mike McCarthy era. Right. He, I mean, he's a hella smart dude. He went to you know Cal Berkeley, so I'm sure he feels like he, you don't get to talk down to me. I'm I'm the smartest dude in whatever room I'm, room I'm in. So let me figure it out, and I got it. So I I can understand that, but you know he's gonna have to adjust to that. Yeah. So I think their best case scenario is that he gets back to pre-injury form. He can lead the team, um, you know, to a winning record. He can get, they can get some home playoff games at Green Bay. In Green Bay. Like, I don't know what's Lambeau Field. Come on. So, um, <laughs> they can get some games in Lambeau and then, and, you know, and make maybe a little bit of a playoff push. Yeah. Worst case scenario, I think uh, things don't go well between him and LaFleur. They don't get a run game figured out because they, with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, they, I, I mean, I know who they're trying to go with, but last year it seemed like that kind of, that wasn't the best combination you know going that's why they have the combination that's why you know mm-hmm. the backup's name is because the lead guy's not like who's Ezekiel Elliott's backup oh it's not Zeke so you know if their running game can't get going and they lose a little bit of wide receivers and Aaron Rodgers gets older maybe things start to spiral and falling to 24th in the green room is not the new lowest moment in Aaron Rodgers career fair enough what about a prediction prediction I think they'll win 10 to 12 games they'll pre- press on the Bears to um to get to win the division, and now they've already got that one game lead. So now they just have to play them even for the rest of the year, and and they yeah. beat, and they win the w- division. Mm-hmm. I I've I, again a very similar prediction for the Packers. I I thought that defense looked much improved over last year. Uh, the defensive line w- was getting consistent penetration, and, and some of that is is Mitch Trubisky holding on to the ball an awful lot, right. not, just not making quick decisions, not making smart decisions with the ball, and really struggling to get the ball down the field. But the uh, secondary, I thought, also looked pretty good for, for Green right. Bay. So if, if Rodgers is healthy, that Green that Green Bay defense improves, then I could see this team – I mean, I, I could realistically see them pulling away from the division and winning 12 or 13 games yeah. and you know, just not really giving the, the – the, uh, Vikings or the Bears even a chance, right? So. Yeah, the, like super, super best case scenario. I, th- I feel like that that could happen. Uh, after last night, it's one of those things where you really because both both teams didn't like put on their best their best show, their des- best display. That the, I don't know if their if their defense is good or Mitch Trubisky is bad. Mm-hmm. And I, I maybe maybe we're all like uh, getting after Mitch Trubisky too bad. Cause we're going to find out that the Packers defense is just amazing. Yeah. And next week he's going to light it, light the next team up and we're going to go, Oh, the Packers are just good. And he just looked bad against a good defense. But as of yet, we don't have enough sample size to know which is which. Yeah. To, to summarize last night's game, uh, as far as what I learned from the Packers and bears, I, I honestly couldn't tell you if I know any more about them and could answer a question <laughs> definitively as to what I expect. Right, based on that game, because neither of them look good, and like you said, were the defenses actually that good, or were the offenses that bad? Right, I don't know, but I mean, I, we've talked about that at length. So if you don't have anything else to say about the Packers, we'll uh, we'll jump to the Detroit Lions. All right. Matt Matt Patricia's pride and joy. Last yeah. year they were six and ten. Yeah, my my first question about the Lions is why do we bother talking about them? They're terrible, and they're going to take last Honolulu place. blue, though. It's a beautiful color. <laughs> it's a beautiful color. It's a lot better have, than that BYU blue. Their stadium is awesome, too. I mean, the, Ford Field? I've yeah. never been there. Have you been I, there? I haven't been there, but just the stuff I've seen of it looks awesome. They have a giant wall on the one side, so it's, so it's completely open to the outside. So instead of having, like, seven layers of seating, mm-hmm. they have, like, an open end in a closed stadium, so it's just a big glass wall, and you can 
So Ford Field is amazing. Um, as far as the team goes, okay, so as far as their acquisitions go, they, they loaded up, well, yeah, they loaded up on offense. They got um, Danny Amendola, wide receiver from the, well, he played for the Patriots. That's who made him famous. I, I don't think he played for them last year. Uh, he was with the Dolphins last yeah. year. And then they got C.J. Anderson, the guy who filled in for Todd Gurley for the Rams in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Did pretty good. He actually filled in for him in the playoffs and did really good. He kind of hurt Todd Gurley's value because he came in and did so well that people were like, wait, is Todd Gurley good or is is it just the Rams offense that's good? Mm-hmm. So they, they got improvements there. They lost Ezekiel Onza, one of the best defensive ends in the history of football. He, he went to the to Seattle. You Ezekiel Anza doesn't like to stay healthy. Did you know that when he first came to BYU, he didn't even know how to put on shoulder pads, and they taught him how, and then he was an All-American by he his senior year? He came over to play tra- to be on the track team. He did, and then he tried out was for the Was he a sprinter or something? Yeah, that's why he, he's super fast. Yeah. I mean, they still have Matt Stafford, who is coming off a broken back. He, yeah, is he healthy? Uh, He's supposed to be healthy. He's playing, but he had some off-season drama too with his wife. Had some health issues. I think oh, really? she had, um, I believe it was this off-season, had brain surgery. Yeah, so, I mean, it, there's been a lot on his plate. Yeah. So besides being the quarterback of one of the worst franchises right. in the NFL. So my best case scenario for them is that people forget they exist. They don't televise their games and. They don't have to suffer through the embarrassment of people knowing any of them are lions. So, what's the real best case scenario? I, I don't know. Maybe they maybe they win six games. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's, that's it. Worst case, hopeless, winless. Why are we discussing this? The, the <laughs> lions going winless again would be a lot of fun, but <laughs> I I don't see it happening just because Stafford is a good quarterback. Yeah. Give, give us your prediction, and then I'll jump my, into mine. My real prediction is. Similar to yours, like four and twelve, three and thirteen type of thing. They're going to get a great draft pick this year. Yeah, maybe maybe Stanford trains Tua to be his replacement next season. Yeah, there you go. Um, I, for for my prediction with the Lions, best case, uh, I know Josh was kind of joking there, but the best case for the Lions is really they they get a look at some of the young guys, uh, namely tight end, the rookie tight end T.J. Hawkinson out of Iowa. He's the guy they took, I believe it was with the eighth or ninth pick this right. year and they're, they're really high on him they they're hoping that he can be i mean you, you hesitate to compare him to a guy like this but they're really hoping he can be the the lions version of rob gronkowski yeah i mean that's Side that note, doesn't happen very often is gronk the best tight end ever i, I mean s- skill wise everything combined the topic for another show yeah, let's. Th- there's let's some good ones. That's a good topic. Yeah, right? that is a good one. Uh, he's there. I mean, he's in the Tony conversation. Gonzalez, Antonio Gates, Gronk, Shannon Sharp. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, there's been some good tight ends. Yeah. All right, and then my my um, season prediction, as Josh said, I, I'm looking for the Lions to go about probably four and twelve. Stafford's good enough; he'll help them win a couple games. They've got some weapons, but I wouldn't be surprised to see. Uh, around the trade deadline if they they try and move on from a couple guys similar to how they, they traded Golden Tate last year. Um, and I, another guy uh, that I'm interested to watch just because of how his season started last year really quick is uh, the running back, Kerryon Johnson. He, oh, yeah. he looked good, and, and if he can continue his growth, then this Lions team really – if if they can have a healthy Stafford and and an effective carry on Johnson, I could see him winning in an absolute perfect world, six or seven games. Yeah, there's been times with the Lions where 
I'll look at their roster and go like when they had Golden Tate, they had Matt Stafford, they had good defense. They had Damakung Sue, Sue and, and Zeke and all those guys. And I was like, oh yeah, the Lions could be it this year. And then they win five games. So it's hard to to be like, they, you'd be like, oh, they traded for Tom Brady. Well, my, he might get him to seven. Way to go, you know? Like, yeah. I have no faith in the Lions. They had this guy named Barry Sanders, and I don't. They didn't win a playoff game with him. So. There was a there was another gentleman went by the name of Calvin Johnson. You may remember right. who retired early. Very rather than similar be a scenario. Lion. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that's going to wrap up the Detroit Lions talk. We'll move on next to the Minnesota Vikings. Last year they were 8-7-1. and one. Okay. The Minnesota Vikings, uh, their defense I think is still going to be good. They, um, they, re- they redid their offense to, in the offseason. All right, so the new offensive coordinator is Kevin Stefanski. Um, their old offensive coordinator, Gary Kubiak, stayed on the staff as an advisor. So it'll be interesting to see how much change actually occurs or if maybe – you know, sometimes guys are really good at, like, drawing up plays, but they're not really good at game management situations. So maybe Kubiak can come up with a, with some bomb game plans and the other guy can actually manage the game better. Yeah, um, possibly. They uh, The couple of guys that they picked up are Irv Smith, Jr. at tight end, Garrett Bradbury at center, Alexander Madison at running back, and Drew Samia at guard. And then something interesting about that is they're all, they're all through the draft. So okay, they, so they, they went young. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't get a bunch of uh, a bunch of free agents. They just drafted a bunch of young guys that they're gonna. But two of those guys are offensive linemen, and historically, young offensive lines don't do as well as veteran offensive lines. Um, they lost Latavius Murray to the Saints. I'm pretty sure. Um, they also lost Aldrick Robinson, uh, who's a another offensive player, wide receiver, and then Sheldon Richardson and Andrew Sandejo on defense. Mm-hmm. So, um, I. I don't know how how well they're going to do. Their la- the last couple of years, their defense has been good, um, but their offense has kind of let them down. I don't know how good their offense is going to be revamping it with rookies. So um, they, it's it's hard for me because I feel like a good defense can keep you afloat in the NFL. Like we've seen the Ravens won a Super Bowl with basically with very limited offense and a good defense on Super, uh, and they won a Super Bowl. Broncos did basically the same thing. They had a really good defense and a very limited offense, and they still got a Super Bowl ring. I like to call that offense the zombie Peyton Manning offense. Right, right. Like that's the worst he's ever looked, and they still won a Super Bowl because the defense was so good. So if you got a good defense, they can at least keep you in in the situation. And, and then, the Buccaneers. Oh yeah, Buccaneers yeah, with too. Brad Johnson at quarterback. Yeah, yeah, like you have some terrible quarterbacks who've won Super Bowls based on the fact that they played for good defenses. Yep. So, you know, if their defense can ball out again, then maybe. Maybe they uh, maybe they can stick around in the division. They still got the Packers and the Bears to deal with. Who, you know, like we talked about earlier, I feel like the Bears are going to have a better defense. It looks like the Packers are going to have a better defense. So they might have the third best defense in their division. If that's the case, then they're not going to make the playoffs. So um, their best case is that they they figure out running the ball. Their their young offensive line gets some cohesion early, and that they're able to, you know, basically game manage, let the defense keep them in games, get a three-point lead and run the clock into the ground and win some games that way. Mm-hmm. Um, worst case is that, you know, everything falls apart for them. Their defense isn't as good as, as they've been in the past, and then all this, and now they're not winning games. They they go, you know, 8-8, eight 7-9 eight, type of thing, and they're just in purgatory of drafting 18th. Yeah. And, and, then, and then what are they going to do? So I think that's probably what will happen. My prediction would be that they're going to be around that middle of the pack, 8-8 eight and eight type of thing, and 
that you know just keep building keep figuring out what they're going to do i wish we could have had some disagreement i feel like our predictions were the same for every team that we went over here in the nfc north i'm looking at this vikings team and offensively they they've got some weapons and Kirk Cousins is he is who he is. He he's gonna give you eight to ten good games and he's gonna give you six stinkers and when it's the fourth quarter and it's close, you never know what you're gonna get out of him. He's 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 gonna throw an interception or he he might lead the team to a touchdown. Like he's he's kind of an enigma, honestly. Um they they've got Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen at wide yep. receiver. I love those two. Dalvin Cook, if he can be healthy at running back, right, awesome. But I, I've got him going eight and eight. That defense is going to stay take a step back. Yeah, that, that's what I think. Maybe they need to uh, cut Kirk Cousins and then uh, franchise him because he seems to play well when his back's against the wall. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to be worse. I, it's just it, it's so interesting because you really can. Like everybody has a good game now and then, but you you can watch Kirk Cousins play and you you'll see him be an an all pro quarterback and right. think the Vikings are a Super Bowl contender one week, yeah, and then the next week he he looks like he should be playing for Appalachian State, right? And then he goes back to being an all pro, yeah. It's and he'll do it within the same game too. It's incredible, right? Yeah, he, he's just all over the place. Inconsistency, <laughs> right? If you could just. And that's got to be the worst for like a GM and a head coach is the inconsistency. Because if he could just suck, then they could they could just move on and say, okay, he's terrible, mm-hmm. whatever. But he he doesn't suck. He wins them some games, and so they're like, okay, we can get it. We just got to I just got to coach him up. I just got to coach him up. And then he, he can't do it all the time. And so just like, mm, no faith in any play call because this might be a home run, and he might he might just throw it to the other team. Yep, so. exactly. Well, Josh, if you don't have anything else to say, nope. Okay, we'll, we'll wrap this up. This has been the final installment of Name Change Pending for the 2019 NFL Season Preview. We've just covered the NFC North. Thank you for joining us on Name Change Pending. We appreciate you joining us on Name Change Pending today. Make sure and jump on Twitter. Follow your hosts, Brian Priest at BPriest24, Tommy Jerome at Ruthless underscore Lupe, and Josh Keel at Rise and Shout. Also, we know that you're busy, but if you could take two minutes out of your day and give us a five-star rating on your podcatcher of choice, that would be so amazing. Help us move up those algorithms. I don't totally understand how they work, but I know with some five-star ratings, the podcast shows up higher on the lists. And we want to help other people find the show, don't we? Doesn't really matter what you say for us. Maybe suggest some new verses for Ruthless Lupe. But thanks again for joining us, and stay tuned for more episodes of Name Change Pending.